Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. My wife and I are so happy to be with you this weekend. As we were leaving LAX and driving to the beautiful hamlet of Loma Linda, we received some tragic news. And it reminded us that we live in a broken world. So we need to be here at the prayer conference this weekend. And I believe already, just from listening to the praise team, thank you so much, I'm glad I came to church today, aren't you? And God is going to work in supernatural ways, and I've been given the opportunity to share a few thoughts, but this is not a prayer-talking conference, but a prayer conference. So I'm praying that what I share from the Word of God will impact each of our lives, including mine, Janet, including mine, for the honor of His name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're already blessed as we have worshiped together, but we come now to hear a word from you. And whether we're here in this sanctuary or watching via the internet, I thank you that you are with us by your Spirit, and that lives can be changed for the honor of your name and the blessing of your children. And so we give you thanks and we praise you. We will praise you forever in the name of Jesus. Amen. As I read through the scripture, I hear constantly an exhortation to pray. I like the words of the Apostle Paul where he says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. And then he goes on and he says, and pray also for me. Today I want to share with you three practical pointers for prayer. We're always beginners in the school of prayer, but as I read through the scriptures, I find practical insights that will help me, and I want to share three with you today. And they're from that single verse that we just heard in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. If you brought a copy of the scriptures with you, if not, there may be one right in front of you. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. And we'll be taking time today to pray together. And I hope you remember, and maybe you take notes, you can write down these three practical pointers that we'll discover together. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. And here's the first one. Continue earnestly in prayer. Some translations say, continue steadfastly in prayer. You know, when I was growing up, the first prayer I remember was, thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. Now, I'm sure that was fine for a little child, though I repeated it so many times. I remember one time saying, thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the birds we eat. And I was a vegetarian. <laughs> you know, I... 
I don't know. I didn't hear a lot of earnest praying. And that's not a criticism of my culture. But I think of some people in the Scripture who prayed earnestly. Are there some that come to your mind? Can you think of someone? What about Elijah when he stretched out his body over a dead child and said, Oh, Lord, my God, let this child's breath return to him. Three times he prayed, and the child was raised to life. I think of Elijah again on Mount Carmel. I stood on Mount Carmel this weekend, this past weekend, and I prayed for this conference and for the spirit and power of Elijah because if ever we needed the power of Elijah, it is today, isn't it? Pray earnestly. There, having confronted the, the prophets of Baal, he, he kneels and he begins to pray for rain. And how many times does he pray? Seven times. And then he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand, and he begins to run. God, teach us to pray earnestly. Elijah. What about Daniel? He set his face toward the Lord God with uh, fasting and prayer for his people. Earnest prayer. What about Jesus in the garden, sweating, as it were, great drops of blood? Now, I looked across the Kidron Valley last week, and I, I saw those uh, olive trees, the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Earnest prayer. You know, I've not seen many people pray earnestly, but God blessed me with some earnest prayer just a few years ago. I was preaching a series of sermons on the patriarch Jacob, later called Israel. And I noticed toward the end of his life, I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, didn't he? It, just in case you were thinking you've made too many mistakes for God to use you in a powerful way, that's a lie of the enemy. He wants to use you to change the world. And I noticed something about Jacob at the end of his life. He just starts blessing everybody. Yeah. He blesses the Pharaoh. He blesses the Pharaoh. He blesses all of his children. And as I was reading that passage, I thought, I'm going to ask my father to bless me. Now, for whatever reason, I'd not grown up in a home where, where I really heard a lot of earnest prayer. Maybe it was prayed privately. But I want to appeal to you to pray earnestly with your family. Amen. You're listening to me, right? Pray earnestly with your family. So I went to my father. He was in his late 70s. And I said, Dad, I, I'd like you to pray a blessing for me. And he said, well, I don't know if I can do that, you know. You know the Jacob syndrome, right? I've made too many I need you to pray a blessing for me. Okay. Thursday. I remember the day still. Thursday. I went there. We knelt down together. I have never heard my father pray. 
the way he prayed that day. Deep, deep from his soul, he prayed. He laid his hands on me and prayed for me. It may just be coincidence that right after that time of prayer, I got a call from Mark Finley. Mark said, uh, looking for somewhere to do a citywide meeting. We just had a cancellation in a city up north because of people moving and wondered if we could come to Orlando. Well, I asked the practical question, how much is that going to cost? He said, it's fully funded. I used my favorite Hebrew word, hallelujah. <laughs> I had hoped for a day with Mark Finley because I'd been asked to do a citywide evangelistic meeting in Vancouver, Washington. I told him, I'm not an evangelist like Mark Finley. And, and God said, it's okay. I'm going to give you five weeks with him. I didn't know at that point that not many months after that I would be invited to join the ministerial association at the general conference to travel around the world to, to share what is so desperately needed for our pastors and lay leaders, and that is not to be smart, but to be empowered by the Spirit of God. I didn't know all of those things. It may just be coincidence that right at that time, we were invited to start an interactive Bible study on the Hope Channel that's now broadcast in 150 countries around the world. But it could be that when we pray earnestly in Jesus' name, miracles happen. So if you just take one practical pointer for prayer, let's just stop praying, dear Jesus, help me to have a nice day. And let's cry out to God. You'll learn from tomorrow's presentation and from Sabbath that crying out to God is not to change his heart. He already wants to use you in life-changing, world-changing ways. But crying out to him changes your heart and gives you an open heart to be used by him. First practical pointer from Colossians 4.2 is to pray, how? Earnestly. But the text goes on. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. That's an old English word. Someone have another translation, being watchful. You say, why is that second practical point is so important? And the answer is simply this. When we pray earnestly in Jesus' name, God will work, and we need to pray with our eyes open. We need to be noticing what God is doing in answer to the prayer. There's a, there's an, it's almost a humorous example in Acts chapter 5, a humorous example of people praying. Excuse me, chapter 12, verse 5. Acts chapter 12, they're earnestly praying for Peter. In fact, it uses the same word that's in our text in Colossians 4. Acts 12, verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but what does it say in your Bible? But what? Constant prayer. It's the same word in the Greek. Earnest prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Why are they praying so earnestly? Acts chapter 12. What's just happened? James, the brother of John, has just been executed. And, and 
I don't know. Maybe if they prayed earnestly a few verses earlier, James, the brother of John, would still be alive. I don't know. Whether I live or die, let it be to the glory of God. But they're saying, wait a minute, we don't want them to execute all of our church leaders. Let's pray earnestly. Good or bad? Good. But they're not praying, hear me now, they are not praying with their eyes open. How do you know that? Well, amazing story. An angel comes, wakes Peter up, chains fall off, walks him out through the doors, past all of the guards. Simon Peter thinks he's dreaming till the cold air hits him, and he goes, I'm out. So he goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. That's the one who wrote the gospel, a disciple of Peter and Paul. Goes to the house, knocks on the door, and who comes to the door? You know the story, Acts 12, verse 13. Peter knocked at the door of the gate. A girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Question, does Rhoda believe that Peter has been set free in answer to prayer? Absolutely she does. She's so excited she doesn't let him in. So she goes back, Anita, to the little prayer group, praying, Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, we're crying out to you for Peter. And she says to them in verse 15 that he's there, and they said, you are beside yourself. You're crazy. You are hallucinating. But she kept insisting that it was so, so they said, it's his angel, whatever that means. Sounds very religious, but I have no idea what they're saying. Now, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Wait a minute. They've been praying earnestly in Jesus' name, but they're not expecting anything to happen. They're not praying with their eyes. We need to be watching when we pray. Now, I, I could add a little more. We've not got a lot of time, but it also says be watchful, be vigilant, because someone else is working, your adversary, the devil, right? So when we're praying in Jesus' name for a blessing on a marriage, the enemy's trying to destroy that marriage. So don't stop praying. Pray on, but pray with your eyes open. Two years ago, when I was happily working as the editor of Ministry Magazine, mentoring pastors around the world, doing things I love, I went to worship. And as I was walking into the back of the auditorium, I got tapped on the shoulder, and the vice president said, they'd like to see you on the third floor. Now, I went to grammar school in London, and when someone said, you got to go to the principal's office, I knew I was in trouble. Even if I hadn't done anything wrong, I began to shake. Well, I didn't shake that day, but... I went up to the third floor, and I was uh, a little surprised, to put it mildly, when they asked me to be the president of Hope Channel. I'd been a volunteer for eight years, my wife and I, producing an interactive Bible study, now the most broadcast program worldwide on the Hope Channel. I'd seen miracles aplenty, 
But, but there's a difference between hosting a program and being the president of a global network with 50 affiliates around the world that God is using in uh, world-changing ways. And so as I thought about it, I thought, well, I love my job, what I'm doing there, and it's a lot easier to just stay safe. Oh, God forgive us for wanting to stay safe. He wants to use you to change the world. So I was praying earnestly. Believe me, I was. The Lord called my wife. She's praying. But we need not only to pray earnestly, we also need to pray with our, with our eyes open. Well, I was scheduled to film all day with the Ministerial Association. We'd started a new television program called Ministry in Motion. I was scheduled to film all day. And so I was walking down to the Hope Channel studios, and I walked past all of the screens that are up there on the wall whether it's in uh, India or Africa or South America, I saw all the screens, and I looked up at a screen, and I saw myself. <laughs> I was teaching Hope Sabbath School. And, and then I saw one of my favorite preachers, and, and I wish it had been Pastor Randy, but two years ago, I'm not sure he was regularly on. Now he is. By the way, God is using your pastor on the Hope Channel to impact the world. That's for those of you that this is your home church. I know many of you have come from other places. But we are so blessed, and we hear so many encouraging reports. You know, we can't be everywhere at the same time, or can we? Or can we? If we use media. Speak to the world. Well, I, I saw Dwight there, and I thought, I love Dwight. I wonder who he's talking to. And the camera switched, and he was talking to me. And in that moment... God caught my attention and said, Derek, I have been preparing you all of your life. Pray with your eyes. I started filming. I called one of my mentors. I, I hope you have some mentors, people who pray for you and pray with you, godly women, godly men. And, and I have some mentors, and, and I'm not embarrassed to tell you I never make a major life decision without seeking their counsel. You say, Derek, you're grown, you've been to college, you could figure it out by yourself. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So I called my mentor. I said, I've just been asked to be the president of Hope Channel. Would you pray? He said, I will pray. So I'm thinking through that morning. I'm praying earnestly, but I'm also praying with my eyes, with my eyes open. I've already seen the screens, and I'm, I'm hearing the impression of God's Spirit mid-afternoon. By the way, when they said, we'd like you to be president of Hope Channel, they said, uh, and we'd like to know by 3 o'clock this afternoon. No rush. Board was meeting that night which probably means that they wanted to ask someone else, but they wouldn't do it. But that's okay, because we just want to be where God wants us to be. Amen? This is not our agenda. It's not our agenda. Got a phone call in the afternoon. It was from my mentor. He said, Derek, I was just praying, and I had absolutely no idea what you should do. And while I was praying, the Spirit of God impressed me, Call Derek and tell him to take the assignment. 
Now, you say, well, Derek, don't just accept anyone's advice. That's true. But if you know a man or woman of God who's connected to heaven, and you're already receiving confirmation from the Spirit of God, and a mentor comes to you and says, I've been praying for you. This is the message I have for you from the Lord. You ought to at least be attentive, right? Then a vice president came up to me, a man I know to be connected to heaven. He had tears in his eyes. He said, I've been praying for you today. God is calling you to this position. Now, that's a dangerous thing to say unless you're convicted in your heart. But it does no good to pray earnestly unless we pray with our eyes open. I went to uh, the meeting, the board meeting that night. I said, when does it start? They said, it just started. And I'm so glad I knew that was God's work because the next week was one of the most difficult work weeks of my life. We need to know that we are where God wants us to be. We'll talk about that on Sabbath. I hope you can be here. But there's two practical pointers we've learned so far. First one is to pray how? Earnestly. And the second one is to pray with our, with our eyes open to see what God is doing. Back to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, a third practical pointer for prayer. Then we're going to take time to pray together. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant, watchful in it. What's the last two words? With thanksgiving. When I pray, even before I see the answer. Are you with me? When I pray, even before I see the answer, I can give thanks to God. Because the Bible says, call upon me, and I will answer you. Where's that found? Does anybody know? Is it Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3? Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Psalm 50, 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. And even before you see anything, you can give thanks to God. Why? Because it says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. And you will glorify me. So I can start giving thanks already for what God will do. Pray with a thankful heart. You know there's a story in Luke 17 where Jesus healed 10 people of leprosy. Do you remember the story? He healed 10, and only one came back and prayed with thanksgiving. It was a prayer, you know. He fell down and worshiped Jesus. It was a prayer. And Jesus said that that response brought wholeness to him. Don't just pray earnestly. Don't just pray with your eyes open, but pray with, even before you've seen the answer, but especially when you see the answer. Don't just walk on and say, well, now I've got to worry about this. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to pray. Hey, you know the song? Met a lame man on the way. He held out his palms and he asked for some. And this is what Peter did say. You know the song, right? Don't sing it, please. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to you. By the way, tomorrow, 
I hope you can be here. A life-changing message about praying in the name of Jesus. It has radically changed my prayer life. And former Orthodox Muslim taught me how to pray in Jesus' name. I hope you can hear that message. Because he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man who's healed begins to pray. It says he went walking and leaping and maybe we could use a little mentoring from him. I don't want us to get out of hand, but sometimes we're like, praise God. <laughs> Let's get a little joy. Let's do a little leaping and praising God. Give thanks to God for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Even a British person could get a little enthusiastic. <laughs> Lord, help us. We planned our first Hope Channel Partnership Weekend called Celebration of Hope last December in Asheville, North Carolina. We know it's hard. We tried to find a weekend that didn't conflict with all of the other wonderful ministries because, by the way, we are not competing with each other. We're on the same team. Thank you for saying amen. We are not competing with each other. We are on the same team. So we didn't want to do the same weekend. We found a weekend uh, beginning of December, and we invited our Hope Channel supporters to say, come and hear what God's doing. And God is doing amazing things. Just in Tanzania last year, two meetings broadcast on Hope Channel Tanzania to thousands of locations across the country, 43,000 people were baptized. Now, you know, you say, well, that's Africa. Listen, the gospel is going to go to Africa. Jesus is coming back. So praise him for that. I was giving thanksgiving for that. And we said, come, come and hear what God's doing. Well, a lot of work, a lot of earnest prayer, a lot of praying with our eyes open. And then we come to the weekend. My wife and I flew in a day early on Thursday. And on Friday, it happened. A massive snowstorm. Massive shut down the airport, shut down the roads. Even Atlanta, which was several hours away, was shut down. One of our vice presidents flew into Atlanta and stayed there the whole weekend. He couldn't get out. Iced in. Well, we had 10 inches of snow in Asheville, and just a handful of people came. I mean, this looks like a vast multitude. Just take half of one section. That's about how many people came. And the human response is what? Is the human response thanksgiving? No. The human response is complaining. Oh, Lord, why'd you do this storm? <laughs> Somehow, I'm saying, well, Lord, we've got a film crew here. Yeah, we, we could share it with the world even if there's only 35 people here. God, open my eyes. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will maybe say thank you. We had a wonderful live Hope Sabbath School that night. While we were doing the Sabbath School, someone texted me, said, we'd love to be there, but we're just not going to make it, but we'd like to put up a $100,000 matching grant. I don't know, maybe 100000 isn't that much in California. 
By the way, I know what you're thinking. Well, that person must have a lot, a lot of money. No wonder. Listen, I know people with lots of money who wouldn't give you a dollar. A hundred thousand dollars? That's a miracle. Someone say amen. amen. We ought to be thanking God. But then I'm going, oh, no. It's just this little group of people. How can they match the $100,000? But I want to tell you, we need to begin giving thanks to God. Why? Because the miracle is already underway. Pray earnestly. Pray with your eyes. And pray with thanksgiving. Went to bed that night, sent a few emails to some people. Sorry you couldn't be here. Want to help? We had a wonderful morning service. Pastor Mark Finley shared about what God's doing in China, held meetings there, broadcast on Hope Channel Chinese. God is reaching out there and blessing people around that great continent. It was a beautiful morning, and at the end of the morning, a distinguished lady came up to me, a widow, one of the little handful, and she said, um, I'd like to match the grant. Now, I don't always hear too well. I, I listened to a lot of rock music when I was a kid. So I said, uh, let me just make sure I understood what you said. You want to match what we raise here? She said, no, no, I want to match the 100,000. Someone say hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> I said, thank you. Thank you. You know, before the weekend was over, from that little band, gifts and pledges, $500,000. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You'll never be able to do that again. You know what? We didn't do it then either. All glory to God. Give thanks to God. Pray with thanksgiving. Let's get over just kneeling down and complaining. You've got a son that needs prayers. Don't keep complaining. Thank God that your son is still alive and there's still time for him to hear the grace of God. You got a marriage that's stumbling? Well, you praise God because he's someone who can heal. Or if healing is refused, he can bring you through the fire and be with you and give you peace. He is able. So pray on, my sister. Pray on, my brother. When you're on the mountaintop, pray on. When you're standing at the crossroads of your life, pray on. When it seems like everything is falling apart around you, pray on. When you don't know where to turn or you just got that negative report from the doctor, don't give up. Pray on. Pray on and pray earnestly and pray with your eyes open. And pray with thanksgiving, because our God is a miracle-working God. So don't stop now. Don't give up now. Pray on. And if you can't pray, call a sister, call a brother. Pray for me, because God is going to work even this weekend. Don't stop now. Pray on. And that's what we're going to do right now, as someone will be leading us in prayer. But please don't just say thank you for a nice day and help it not to rain tomorrow. It's not going to rain. You don't need to pray about that. <laughs> Could we pray earnestly? Could we cry out to God? And let's just see what God does.